I'm Tiffany Lanier. I live by a very simple yet potent model, and that is to live purposefully and lead consciously. Um, I believe that living purposefully is something that we all owe to ourselves, and leading consciously is what we owe to everyone else. And at the center of my work, both as a keynote speaker as well as a coach and a guide, um, everything that I do, everything that I talk about really comes down to living purposefully and leading consciously. One of my companies is The Morning Shift Co. So that was literally birthed out of the complications and the postpartum and the realization of the importance of holding space for who you are here to become. I grew up, like growing up, I was always depressed. Like depressed was probably my regular state and happiness or moments of happiness were fleeting. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh my goodness, this was a part of my work. Like this was my soul's work and this is like my, my soul work, right? This is, I went through all of these things to learn all of these lessons for me to now be able to come back and share it on a way larger platform in a, in a bigger scale. And we are always going through transitions. Like that literally is life. That's where the lessons are, right? The lessons are usually in the transition and we're always trying to be on the other side of the transition. And we're like, why can't I ever be on the other side? Because as soon as you get to the other side, there's something else. Um, so if we can embrace this endless, <laughs> endless transition that we are in, in some capacity, then really, how do we counter that chaos that we feel when we're in transition? And that is creating the routine, creating the rituals, creating the practice to have space. And so what I teach is a mindset, motivation, meditation, movement, and mastery. How's it going, powerful people? Thank you for tuning in yet to another episode here of the Unlimited Power Show. It's an experience, and you get to join this experience with us. Uh, my name is Edward Jaws. I'm a holistic health coach and also motivational speaker and other things. I'd like to invite you to tune into this conversation with Tiffany Linear. How are you doing today, Tiffany? Hello. Signature handshake. Signature handshake. Thank you. So one thing I always ask everyone to do when you come on the show is not just share a piece of your essence, but share a reason for your work or an introduction of your life. Yeah. So with that being said, why don't you give us a quick introduction about you and what you're passionate about? Okay. Um, Tiffany Lanier. I live by a very simple yet potent model, and that is to live purposefully and lead consciously. Um, I believe that living purposefully is something that we all owe to ourselves and leading consciously is what we owe to everyone else. And at the center of my work, both as a keynote speaker as well as a coach and a guide, um, everything that I do, everything that I talk about really comes down to living purposefully and leading consciously. Mm. Okay, so we're going to start right there in those two yeah. statements. We're going to break them down a little bit, try to build someone up with them. So. Uh, what does it mean to be conscious? What does it mean to be conscious? Um, my definition, and probably just is the definition of being conscious, is really a state of an awareness, right? It's a state of being more aware of who you are, your existence, your essence, how you show up as on a personal level. And as we expand that consciousness, 
how we collectively show up, how things impact the other. So being very hyper aware of us and everything else as we exist through this thing that we call life. Hmm. I was, I, I like that though. <laughs> For the good. It, I think there's a different level of consciousness mm-hmm. that, you, you know, it's like how much, how aware are you of more things? Right. So you could get. It's layered. Yeah, it's layered. Definitely right? layered. So sometimes you, you, you find your, um, you discover things within yourself, you discover things about the world, and you discover more things. So to be conscious is really an evolving. An evolution of awareness. An evolution of awareness, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And what was the second statement of your? So it's live purposefully, yeah. lead consciously. So live purposefully and lead consciously. Yes. So what exactly is purpose? That's, you know, I think that everyone throws that word around a lot, right? So I wanna live on purpose, I wanna live with purpose. To me, purpose is this feeling, it's a feeling of I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, whatever that is. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I am in alignment with the way that I want to operate in this world Mm -hmm. and the way that I want to show up to live and the way that I want to show up to lead or work. Um, That purpose that drives you, that passion that lies inside of you, that keeps you up at night, that keeps you awake, that drive, um, that's to me, that's purpose. When did that, that thing that keeps you up at night, that drives you, when did it first show up in your life and how did you react to this showing up of it? You know, I like remember the exact moment that I felt like, I think this, <laughs> this might be my passion or this might be something that I wanna really actively pursue. And it was when I was in college. Um, I was, at Florida State, and I was two years into, you know, into my college career, and I knew that I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what that something was. And it started to gnaw at me, quite literally, wanting to create, wanting to expand a conversation that I I was having either with others or in my head even, Um, and I became obsessed over at the time wanting to help my peers unify in their diversity and have really uncomfortable conversations about you know race and sexism and Mm -hmm. all the other isms (laughs) um and i became really passionate about that and that kept me up at night how can i have this dialogue or how can i create these you know um, communication sessions where people can talk openly about these things that may be keeping us apart And that was the first time that I'm like, I think this is something that I'm supposed to be doing. Something you're supposed to be doing. What was, what were you doing at the time to be leading this conversation? Was it an organization you were starting? What was it? I started an organization. What was it called? Cause for Unity Coalition. Cause for Unity Coalition. And where was that at? That was at Florida State. I spelled it K-A-U-Z funky because, you know, creative. (laughs) Now I look back, I'm like, you just spelled it regular. But, um, you know, I wanted to do something creative in how how it was written. But really, and I was telling this story actually this morning with someone, but the idea started off as like a clothing line that I wanted to start. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to start an apparel design company um, that really focused. This was at a time that this wasn't a thing. Like now, like that's a People do that all the time with different messaging tees and, you know, proceeds go to different causes. But at that particular time, that was actually not a thing. Um, 
And I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to raise money and raise awareness for things that were happening. Um, but once I realized that I couldn't use SGA funds for it, <laughs> because I didn't know how that worked, I realized that, okay, maybe this is going to have to go on the back burner, but I can still have the dialogue and mm -hmm. still start something on campus. So. so, you know, speaking of dialogue and like starting something, did you ever experience like self-doubt, like with your confidence and like, yeah. can I, am I, am I like, can I actually have these conversations? Yeah. Um, I didn't, you know, I was passionate about it. It started to keep me up at night. Literally, I would write it on everything like a obsession with a lover or something like I would literally write the name on notebooks and I'm like, this is going to be a thing. This is probably before I knew what these terms were, like me visualizing the possibility of bringing this thing to life. And at the time, I didn't know how to start an organization. I didn't know what that would take. I didn't know if anyone would care. I didn't know if anyone would believe in me or want to join. You know, like, yeah, I could start it, but who, who will be a part of this thing? Um, so I doubted my ability to lead because up until that point, I had never actually led anything. I wasn't in student government, you know, in high school. I didn't, I wasn't on any boards of anything. Um, so it was all very brand new to me. And really it took time. Uh, also, I attended leadership um, and that, you know, that's a week long leadership program and that helped me better understand the potency in everyday leadership and you know that I didn't really need a title and so without thinking that I needed all these extra things on my resume at the time to show up and lead mm -hmm. I was I allowed myself to quiet down the doubt and the fear and just go for it mm -hmm. that's that's interesting mm -hmm. you know that you said that aside from having a self-doubt in the beginning like am I really ready to lead yeah you went to a leadership conference in which shaped your mindset mm -hmm. and redirected your idea. But like then that. a couple of years later, yes. you're at I lead another leadership conference, but you're the keynote speaker yeah. doing the opposite. How long did that turnaround come and what was the process in between? That's a decade. That was a decade. That's a decade in the making. Um, yeah. You know, to be at I lead was a decade. I. Um, at ILEAD, I shared that, you know, it was at this time that I was creating this organization when I did have the fear of really showing up to lead and will anyone listen to me? Does it, would anyone even care what I have to say or my point of view? Um, once I did finally have the courage to get it going, people did join. I did have a membership. Um, and I realized how much I loved speaking, like how much I loved you know, hosting these events and talking to my members and talking to other peers, you know, my peers on campus and facilitating hundreds of students to come and have these really tough conversations. And that was the spark for me to realize that I think I can do this speaking thing. I didn't even know that was a, a job that you could have, but I realized that I was then passionate about speaking and facilitating and I, you know, got an interview from the local or from the FSU paper, and they asked me, you know, what are you, what do you see yourself doing, you know, when you graduate? And I told them I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And never until that moment had I ever said anything like that out loud about being a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like I knew, I intuitively knew 
what my path was going to be without really recognizing it or it being this conscious decision um, to pursue it in that way. So fast forward, you know, seven years later is when I really started professionally speaking. But fast forward 10 years is showing up to I lead as the closing keynote. That's very interesting. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to go back a little sure. bit. You said that you didn't really consciously about to say this. Somebody asks you what you're about to do with your life and you're I'm going to be a motivational speaker. And it's, did you feel like your soul was communicating it? I or? think so, because there's no way that I would have just said that. I, at the time, when I started at Florida State, I went to actually be an apparel design student. So I thought I was going to be a fashion designer of some sort. And after like two semesters, I dropped out of that <laughs> because I realized that wasn't the path. Um, but I studied communications with an emphasis on broadcast. So mm -hmm. broadcast journalism is what I thought I would be doing, news or documentaries or something. And so never in my mind, even at that time, that I consciously thought that I was making a decision to change career paths until they asked me that question and that's what came out. Mm. So in a span of 10 years, mm -hmm. what have you learned about yourself and the human experience? Oh my gosh, <laughs> so much. Um, if, if you could pick three things that you think things. was like really empowering, I mean, impactful, it doesn't have to be empowering, yeah. impactful in your learning, what would that be? The importance of letting your life unfold. I think, so this kind of, this actually continues the conversation that we're having in the sense of thinking that you have all the answers, especially at a young age, when you are, you know, in high school and people ask you, what are you gonna do? And then you go to college and they're like, what are you gonna be when you, you know, graduate, when you get out of here? And you come up with the best conceivable answer that you know of at that time that makes sense to you. And where I think, so many of us kind of fail ourselves very early on in our young lives is thinking that that decision is the be all end all of mm -hmm. our journey what it is that we should do or what it is that we want to do what is it that aligns with who we actually are as we discover who that that person is um so that's one lesson is this fallacy in thinking that we know exactly what we're doing early on and not giving ourselves the time to learn and evolve and become whomever that person is. Second is leaving flexibility to continue to do it. Leaving room to continue to grow and expand. And I like to say this a lot, um, that you get to choose and you get to choose again. So choosing something doesn't mean that's, that's it. You get to choose again and we get to choose again in any moment, at any time, no special occasion necessary, no beginning of the week, no beginning of the month, no new year resolution needed. You get to choose again. Um, so those two, and then I would say really understanding our connectedness um, collectively. The ripple effect that we have from the energy of our own understanding and our own actions and how that impacts everyone in the world around us. Okay, those those are some really good concepts. Yeah, um, I think like it's those are really important because I think those are three things that if you didn't really know them, you would stunt your growth. Sure. Because a lot of times, the best way to know that somebody knows nothing or knows not enough is to is 
to realize that that person thinks they know everything. Right. You know, and the best, the people who knows the most, they always claim that they don't know nothing. <laughs> All right. So as I begin to like learn more stuff, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And even what I think I know, I often question it. Mm -hmm. You know, often question what I know, because I know what I know is only a reflection of my evolution. And that if I haven't evolved to the person that I'm evolving to, then I may be behind in my knowing. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And so you're always just in the space of being receptive to what's new. What what else can I grow into? What else can, and I think that's so important. Um, you know, I no longer say like I'm going through anything. I'm growing through whatever you, it is. You, you took my line. I know, that's a good one. But that's the one that everyone should <laughs> no, use. No, like, it's, not, it's not my line. I'm sure I got that from somewhere, from somebody. <laughs> Yeah, we all we all got that. We all get stuff from uh, different places. That, it's really good because I have a book right called <laughs> I'm writing. It's called Grow Through the Pain. Right? Yes. Don't go through it. Grow yes. through it. Right? I mean, that's the truth, though. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, the fourth thing, the biggest, you know, thing that I have learned really in this last decade was growing through one of the most challenging parts of my life thus far and allowing that particular challenge, that tumultuous experience to really shape me for the better and not let it be something that completely deteriorated my existence and my beingness. So the pain that helped you grow, we're gonna have to talk about that pain here on the show that, yeah. because that's the purpose of the show is to allow people to see within themselves through somebody else and through the lens of your knowledge, through the lens of your experiences. As we take a quick break uh, to show some messages from our sponsors, I really like to think about what are you growing through, what, what things are helping you evolve and become better in your life. Um, not what you're going through, what you're growing through. Growing through. Exactly, what you're expanding through self-expansion. Um, pain is the inertia that causes yourself to expand. Pain is the inertia for self-expansion. Catalyst. A catalyst, yes. <laughs> yes. The catalyst that causes the inertia for self-expansion. And I'm sitting with Tiffany Linear, and we're going to talk more about that when we come back here on the Unlimited Power Show. I'll see you. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash ed talks and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks original audio shows news comedy and more from the leading audiobook publishers broadcasters and entertainers so download a free trial today and start listening it's that easy just go to audibletrial.com forward slash ed talks Hey, how's it going, powerful person? Thank you for coming back here to spend some more times with us. Uh, my name is Edward Giles and I'm sitting here with... Tiffany Lanier. Tiffany, it's been a pleasure talking to you today about your life experiences. Thank you for sharing a piece of your light here on the show. Thank you, um, thank you so much. I, I like to 
Talk about a time where in your life where something occurred or a series of events happened and from those events transpired into an inspirational moment in your life or a turnaround. So how did you grow through your own pain? I feel like I've been growing through pain before I was conscious that that was really a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, really early on, I suffered from depression, um, like through high school and my first part of college, really. And at that particular time, I always had this mindset that's very woe is me. Everything is happening to me. My life sucks. <laughs> you know, like those were the phrases which so many people kind of possess that like, can anything else happen? Can anything else go wrong? And when you say that, it surely does, you know? And it took me some time um, to really begin like my own personal growth journey and uh, realizing that we are all, we're expansive beings mm -hmm. and we have more control than we think, than we consider. But it was, let's see, 2014, um, the year that I launched my, like my coaching company, Live with Tiffany, I got pregnant that summer. And by the fall, my second trimester, I was diagnosed with several life-threatening complications. And the high-risk doctor basically told me that I was likely to lose my child by the 24th week of pregnancy. And then if I went into early labor, that I would lose my life, or I could lose my life in the process. So this was like a very pivotal moment that will forever, I'm sure, be ingrained in me because what do you do when someone basically says, you know, you're gonna lose, you could lose your life. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing that you can do. Like that's where you do not have control. There's nothing that I could control, at least in that moment. However, I found some control. And that control was you have time to heal, you know? Like my body needed to heal in order for me to have the possibility to save my unborn child at the time. Um, and with a miracle, quite literally, I had like three complications. I won't get into the gritty details of them, but um, one of them had to heal in order for me to have a surgical procedure for another. So one depended on the other. And if this one didn't heal, then that was like the, the timeline that I was given, this 24-week timeline. And this complication healed a day before the cutoff to me getting the surgical procedure. So within like a matter of 24 hours, like my whole life like changed in that moment, I was able to um, save my child and save my life. So that was kind of this beginning of an interesting consciousness of understanding, um, really connecting to myself in times of drama and trauma um, in a way that so easily you can get caught up in the negative side of what I was experiencing versus being like, what I can control is how I show up for myself every day. What I can control is to try and meditate. Like I wasn't that great at it at that time mm -hmm. in the sense that I could just try to calm myself down and breathe and not work as hard. Like I was working myself into the ground prior to um, but really just be conscious of the space that I was holding for myself. And we did make it through. I ended up having my daughter at 37 weeks. So she was only a little bit early. 
but that wouldn't be the end of this journey. Mm -hmm. That was actually the catalyst of what was to come. About six months later, I began to experience postpartum depression. And it was at this point that I felt really lost in who I was and what I was doing, you know, the work that I was doing, the being, being everything to everyone is what I was at the time. And I didn't have the capacity for it. And I felt like a fraud. I mm-hmm. felt imposter syndrome. I felt all these things showing up because who was I to provide clarity and being unclear? Who was I to inspire and motivate not being inspired or motivated? Who was I to support when I felt like I couldn't support myself? Um, and it took a mentor of mine to point out to me, you know, what she actually said, what do you do in the morning? And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean what do I do in the morning? Um, I wake up you know after not really being or not having a good night's sleep because i had a young small child at the time who was up all through the night um and i'm like i wake up pretty much frazzled and have to go like i just have to get my child situated and jump on my computer start talking to clients start doing things like there is no time Mm -hmm. that you speak of and she's like you really got you got to fix that and she's like if you really think about the last year and a half of your life you went through a really complicated pregnancy that would change anyone's life you got you overcame it but you kept going you know Mm -hmm. you had it you have a newborn you kept building and growing your business and then you started experiencing this postpartum and you haven't even stopped like you haven't even slowed down to consider what you've mentally gone through what you physically have gone through when are you going to like take a moment? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I never, (laughs) I never took a moment. I just kept going. And that's when I'm like, okay, I need to do something. I need to change something. And she gave me a couple of different meditations to start practicing and to practice gratitude and all the things that people just say, like, you should meditate and you should practice gratitude. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's going to really work. Um, But She's a mentor, so I took it seriously. I'm like, I'm going to, I mean, I have nothing to lose, (laughs) everything to gain, so I will try it. And after a couple of weeks of consistently doing it, I actually started to physically feel better, better than I had in months. And I'm like, okay, there might be something to this meditation stuff. There might be something to this gratitude practice. Um... And so as a coach, I began to dive a little bit deeper and really ask myself, like, what else do you need? What do you like? What do you really need right now to fill your cup, to feel like a whole person again? And with that, I sat with that. And as the answers started coming to me, I realized that I needed to give myself more space to really cultivate a practice of asking myself the tough questions and starting other activities like journaling or speaking things into existence and allowing myself to just get this stuff off of my chest. Um, And that is what kind of began this journey of me starting a morning practice and what changed really did change my life. And when something changes your life, you become an advocate for it real fast. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was something that was probably missing in even my client's life. And 
So I started a course on it and I started telling more people and then I started hosting local sessions um, and helping people do their morning practice in community. And I did all this not thinking that it was going to become anything really, you know, like, yeah, I might sell this course for like 50 bucks or a couple people might buy it, but not turning it into some kind of movement. And really what I didn't realize is that over that period that I went through all this up and down and, un, and rediscovering who I was, realigning myself to my, my purpose, not knowing what that purpose really was. Um, and you look back, when I look back now, I'm like, oh my goodness, this was a part of my work. Like this was my soul's work and this is like my, my soul work right this is i went through all of these things to learn all of these lessons for me to now be able to come back and share it on a way larger platform in a in a bigger scale um till most recently i launched the morning shift company so now it's actually a company so when you think like what did you have to grow through to get to a place of inspiration and and inspired action sometimes you literally hit a proverbial rock bottom and you don't have any clue how that's going to lead you or in my case my work forward i'd say it's not a rock bottom it's a trampoline that as a proverbial it seems like a rock oh, bottom right. yes it wasn't rock, rock bottom. bottom yes but it feels like rock bottom especially when you don't know there's a way up <laughs> you just you just feel the pain right yeah you know, there was something you said earlier, and I want to get more into, like, some morning routine mm -hmm. tips you can give out. Yeah. But there was something you said I found very profound, and I try to bookmark it in my head. Yeah. You said that before you could go on to the surgical procedure, mm -hmm. there, was, there was a complication that had to be healed. Mm -hmm. There was a complication that had to be healed before you could dissect and open up and fix and right. get yourself back to its normal state so that's such a pivotal analogy for I life i think i ever thought about it like that <laughs> it's such but a yes. it's such a pivotal analogy true. for life yes. sometimes before you could become that finished product there has to be that thing you know i've seen it a lot though because i always i used to see all these speakers right and my dream growing up was not to be a motivational speaker. My dream growing up was to, I wanted to, first, as, when I was a young kid, I wanted to be a hero, right? I just wanted to be a hero. I didn't know why I wanted to, I wanted to be a doctor <laughs> at first, because that's what the family said, I'm from the islands. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, I want to be a hero, right? I think that's great. And then as I grew up, I realized, oh, that's not feasible. <laughs> then I started to pick up random stuff random professions. I was like, maybe I could be CSI. That looks cool on TV. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I stumbled upon basketball. I was like, this is it. I want to be in the NBA. That's it. <laughs> so I'm nine years old. I'm like, I want to be in the NBA. And I played so many sports. And then going through these sports, I realized that all of this was just giving me that work ethic. It was all investments into my life. But to make a long story short, fast forward years later, I find myself going through a lot of setbacks, you know, like, for instance, like being homeless, sleeping in my car, uh, failing school, even having anxiety and depression and going through different 
obstacles, setbacks in my life, starting a business and having it, you know, fail or work from month to month and it gets hard. And even now that I realize, I realize all of those are very minor issues. And it's funny that I'm at this state where I could say, oh, these are so minor. The, the life experience is very funny because all, a lot of your things are so minor, except for, I guess, except for the ones that mean life or death. Mm -hmm. But if it's a setback, like a financial burden, or if it's something you can literally fix, it's really minor, but it's also major. Mm -hmm. But to some my point is, there were some things in the pain period that allowed me to see how I would have reacted to it in the gain period. What I mean by that is, there are some things that like I just let stuff go, and I was wondering if I two people is depending on me and I let this go, how would I be able to manage 100,000 people depending on me and I let this go? So I realized that I was able to learn how to be more at home, and I'm still learning. It's not yeah. like, oh, I figured it all out. Yeah. Heck no. But being able to go through the experiences has opened up those things. So I know I asked you a question and I went, I answered it myself, okay. but I wanted to say something in my heart. So what do you think about that? What's your feedback on that? I think that, I mean, everything that you said is tr like from the minor, because what I, what I mentioned earlier is I grew up, like growing up, I was always depressed. Like depressed was probably my regular state and happiness or moments of happiness were fleeting and they would come every once in a blue. And I used to make everything really big. Like everything was a really big deal. So if it was a financial setback, it was like a really big deal um, to the point that you do feel almost like you're dying <laughs> because you make it such a grandeur deal in your mind um so that is totally a mindset development um a growth mindset versus fixed mindset you know and so for a long time i had this very fixed mindset it kind of is what it is whatever will be <laughs> will be uh um, you know my daughter sings that all the time um but then you move into a growth mindset and you realize that Anything and everything is possible, no matter what your current situation is. It only takes one, one thing, one small thing, one tweak, one change that could change quite literally the course of your entire existence if you're open to it, right? So this openness and this willingness to receive what is possible. Um, in leadership, they say, you know, having a healthy disregard for the impossible. So what you think is doesn't have to be so it's really thinking and willing your way into other circumstances this is not applicable to every single thing in life in the sense that obviously there are societal rules and policies and laws that change that do have control to some degree but from an individual perspective how we think of things or how we allow ourselves to go or grow through things um changes everything and it's, it's awesome that if somebody watching this, they should take that key takeaway right now, right? And start yeah. to evolve it. I mean, that, but and it takes How time. do you take it? How do, yeah. yeah, how do you, because everything we're saying, right? What I realized, some things I've been hearing for years, I didn't quite get till this year. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, I, I've heard that for years, but yeah. I didn't get it till this year. I mean, What's the gap? I started 
feel like I started my personal growth journey, self-discovery journey, like in 2012. And it's probably not till this year that a lot of things have actually made a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the evolution and the growth, right? We started off, you don't know what you don't know. And are you open to rediscovering things that you think you know versus having this um, I know it all mentality or I learned that lesson already. So like there's not more, but there's always depth to every lesson. There's like an underneath lesson. There's layers to the lesson. So how can we grow and expand? And I think a part of that or learning how to do that is constantly listening, constantly surrendering, like surrender (laughs) is a big one. Um, Especially when you're constantly pushing and striving and wanting and yearning to be better. Like if you are, I'm sure if someone is watching this, they are deep into their own growth. So you are actively stating and positioning yourself to be a better person in some degree. Um, When you're in that mindset, like I have been for the last seven, eight years, you, you want to just be like, okay, this is it. But you what I've learned is that it just really does it's like a spiral right it's it's that never-ending pattern that we see all throughout the universe that you are just every level is different like you learn this one thing and then you get around over here and it's elevated three times Mm -hmm. but it might be the same exact lesson you're just seeing it now from a different perspective and if you can be open to that I mean, it really does open life up to you. So now whenever I find myself in any kind of hardship, it all comes down to perspective. Like what I'm always asking, what is this here to teach me? Like, what am I supposed to be learning from this experience? I don't know if I'm supposed to be learning something, but I'm going to try to pull a lesson because that makes it feel better too. Like at the end, if you don't believe in all the things, it makes it totally feel better if you're like, I can at least pull something that is positive for me out of this experience versus harping on what could be the negative side of what I'm going through. I think growing it's through. Growing through, I like that. We're gonna keep, yeah, it's an, ast- it's an asterisk that I always, I practice. Put the asterisk, growing. Yes. You know, I think I, there's a concept I, I believe in, is like there's only, you take two L's in life. You take losses or lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them are the same thing, just flipped. So if you flip the situation to see how it's benefiting you or how you're learning what not to do, then it becomes a lesson. But if it's the other way, then it's a loss because you're only looking at the situation based on what you've Mm -hmm. lost or think you've lost. Yeah, and I'm I'm here for the lesson. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I mean, but that is literally the human experience. And I think... Like, that's, that's the secret. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about nothing else. That's the secret. The secret is we're only here to learn a bunch of lessons. And if we can embrace the experiential experience of our existence to being lessons learned, both good and bad, in the sense of what we have to experience to learn that lesson, life doesn't feel as complicated. And then you feel like... You got all the time in the world. I used to suffer from feeling like I didn't have the time to really pursue everything. Like I have to like hurry up and I have to do because I don't know, I might just die. <laughs> you know, like this always constantly this pushing. And now it's just like, it'll be, it will literally be 
And if it doesn't, something will be. And I'm just here to figure out what that next step is. If it doesn't, you'll be. I'll be. I'll still be. Yeah. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I'll still be. So all the lessons you've acquired so far has become a major part of your repertoire. I like the rhyme in there. Um, <laughs> what are some tips that you can share for us to create that environment within ourselves to be at peace, but also the routine and the actions to be at peace in our actual real world environment? Yeah. Um, so one of my companies is The Morning Shift Co. So that was literally birthed out of the complications and the postpartum and the realization of the importance of holding space for who you are here to become. And we are always going through transitions. Like that literally is life. That's where the lessons are, right? The lessons are usually in the transition. And we're always trying to be on the other side of the transition. And we're like, why can't I ever be on the other side? Because as soon as you get to the other side, there's something else. Um, so if we can embrace this endless, <laughs> endless transition that we are in in some capacity, then really how do we counter that chaos that we feel when we're in transition? And that is creating the routine, creating the rituals, creating the practice to have space. And so what I share with people um, is really about taking the time, particularly for me, it's in the morning. Um, obviously, we have a whole you know, philosophy around creating morning routines because that's the start of your day. So the things that you do or feel or concentrate on in the morning will likely impact the rest of your day. Um, but for, you know, whether you do it in the morning or you do it in the evening and do it in the middle of the day, doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I think the important part is really holding the space. And so what I teach is a five, a five pillar framework, which is, um, mindset, motivation, meditation, movement, and mastery. And so within that five pillar framework, it's really about creating um, activities and things that you can do that will help your mindset move forward. And when I say mindset, I think that that is also kind of loaded because there's types, there's lots of different types of mindsets, right? We have relationship mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, money mindset, there's lots of mindsets. Mm -hmm. So it's really then deciding what, which mindset do I need to work on right now or in the next 30 days, 90 days, year. Um, motivation, what, what motivates you? What activities motivate you? Also, how are you using that motivation to actually take inspired action? Um, inspiration and motivation aren't the same. Inspiration is quite internal, right? You're inspired to do something and the to doing of something is the motivated action. Um, so focusing in on the motivation, inspiration, meditation, what type of meditation, right? There's all kinds of different types of meditation. So what will actually get you to that place of centered and groundedness and exploring what that looks like? Um, movement. So many of us don't move anymore. <laughs> like we just have very sedentary lifestyles and getting into your, out of your head and into your body in any way, shape or form um, is important. And then of course, mastery. Like what is it that, what's the purpose of all of it? What are you here to do? How can you hone in 
your experience, your skills, your talent, your expertise, um, and decide to hold space for what you're here to master, whether that's temporarily mastering something or your long-term master plan, but creating the space to do that. So what I help my clients and my members of the morning shift do is cultivate their practice and dissect every aspect of their life to create a practice that is unique to them, their vision, and how they want to grow. It's pretty interesting. I really like that. I think that that's like a good, it's a good niche market as a speaker or as, um, to, to, to target, you know, like if you're a speaker watching, is to target like maybe the morning routine because that does have such a dramatic effect on the rest of the day. Somebody asked me, oh, how do I become a morning person? I was like, create a good morning routine. Now I'm like, oh, link up with Tiffany. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, from a speaking perspective. So, you know, the, the Morning Shift company is like my coaching guide company. Everything starts there, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, it's built on a morning practice, but it obviously leads to... It's pretty much, it's way more than, yeah, it starts else. on that. Um, yeah. But that's the foundation. And then as a keynote speaker, yes, one of my talks, signature talks is the morning shift. Um, but I also speak on conscious leadership and really showing up in what I call that three-tier approach, which I talked at, at iLead, which is owning who you are and understanding your impact on others and your impact on humanity and the planet. And for me, you know, the owning who you are part is in your practice. Like if you can own your energy, own your circumstance, own your transitions in life, that is the catalyst for you to be a better human for those around you and will ripple effect into how you show up um, for humanity and for the planet. That's pretty interesting. How can you, how can people contact you? Or, I mean, how can people follow and yeah. learn more? Um, LiveWithTiffany.com is my hub. Um, there you'll learn about The Morning Shift as well as A Modern Visionary, which is my podcast and future apparel company. Um, but basically, Everything that you want to know about me is Live with Tiffany, and all social media is at Live with Tiffany as well. Okay. And Tiffany, last thing, what is your final message to empower someone to discover their unlimited power? I think I want to leave you with your responsibility, right? You have a responsibility to humanity and the planet to connect, grow, and become the best version of yourself. And so, how do you take the time to really discover, uncover, unpack who you are, what matters, what's important to you, your values, so that you're showing up for the betterment of us all? Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your life. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It was yeah. a great talking to you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning into the Unlimited Power Show. It was another amazing conversation, wasn't it? I know you learned something, but now the next step is applying. Now, what does it mean to apply? You get a coat of paint, you go to Lowe's, you buy your paint, you get home, and then you apply it to the wall. So it's a paintbrush, right? So, but here's the thing. You gotta scrape the wall first. Now you gotta scrape the wall, get rid of the earlier coat painting. Reason why I say that is because if you don't get rid of the early coat painting, then the wall becomes too thick, then the door sometimes can't close, can't open, and it becomes weird with the ink. You know, I, I have that issue at home. 
So you go, you scrape the wall, then you start putting new strokes of paint. Now, all the paint doesn't have to go in all at once now, you know. You can start with the door, maybe the bottom of the door, and the next day you could do one wall, then you do the next wall. But take one concept from this show, pretty much. What I'm saying is go paint your mind with some new pictures of personal development. And if I couldn't put it any better than that, I want to remind you that you have the unlimited power to achieve whatever it is that you want. I believe it. I'm doing it. Tiffany's doing it. But the secret is you got to believe it. Belief is the letter opener of all the hidden talents and gifts that you have residing inside of you. Isn't that awesome? But first, remember, believe it so that you can achieve it. And until you do that, the world will forever miss all your talents, all your gifts, all the great things that you got to offer. So the best thing you can do for yourself in the world is to share it. My name is Edward Giles. That's my message and I'm sticking to it. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace.